Welcome to Continuous Plays, The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective featuring Brian Thomas. This is probably my favorite Buffy episode of the whole series. And Jay Newcastle. I mean, seriously. Okay, I got real problems. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. Welcome to the Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian, and we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 8, Shadow, written by David Fury. While Buffy and Dawn await the results of Joyce CAT scan, the game researches more about the Beast, known as Glory, who shows up at the magic shop to buy supplies for a spell she plans to encant with one of her scabby worshippers, the gr- though the group is unaware of her presence until Anya sees the receipt sometime later. We learn that Glory plans to raise a reptile demon that will seek out the location of the key and report it back to her. Buffy and Joyce are told that Joyce has a shadow that needs a biopsy in order to determine how serious it is and the procedure will be performed that day. Buffy and Don wait it out in the hospital while Riley finds Spike lurking around Buffy's house and hears about Joyce's hospital stay from him instead of Buffy. Riley goes to be with Buffy but is mostly relegated to taking care of Don. The results of the biopsy conclude that Joyce has a brain tumor, which sends Buffy into the magic shop to seek help f- from the group to find a healing spell. Tara and the others inform her that such spells rarely work and that she should trust in the doctors to take care of her mom. They tell her about the gaff of the unknown selling of glo- to Glory of the stuff for the spell and Buffy goes after her. She catches Glory at the zoo in the middle of the spell and a big fight ensues, which Buffy loses and the creature is sent on the mission to find a key. Riley is distraught over being pushed aside by Buffy, goes to a bar, and allows himself to be picked up by a vampire girl who bites him, but he stakes her before she can finish draining him. Buffy goes to get Don from the magic shop to see Joyce in the hospital when the reptile demon breaks in and finds her, and then scurries away. Buffy, realizing that the demon knows what Don is, chases and finally catches up to him, beating it to death with her bare hands before it can deliver the message to Glory. In a final scene, oh, sorry, and in the final scene at the hospital, Buffy refuses to allow herself to confide in Riley because her mom and Don need her now, and she leaves him standing alone in the hallway as the episode comes to an end. And that is the plot summary of Episode 8, Shadow. Well, Jay, here we are. Uh, we finally have results of kind of what's been bugging Joyce now, and it's causing a lot of issues between, I mean, confusion, I guess, um, emotional distress for Riley, confusion for Buffy and Riley. Uh, on top of that, you have Glory now sending out a magical beast to search for the key, finding out who the key is, and you realize that that J- uh, sorry, Giles and Buffy realize this and have to stop it before it reaches her or they're in deep crap and it's not a good time right now so what do you think about this all emotionally draining i think is a good way to say it but you want to know what though i gotta ask this why is it every time we have to have like random demon it's a reptile demon i'm like indiana jones (laughs) it had to be snakes (laughs) i mean once again it's another day i seriously think in the in the production meetings they're like we're gonna have this big you know, four-toed sloth come through, and they're like, I don't have any money for that. What can we do? We got another snake costume, don't we? <laughs> I mean, really, there there seems to be a plethora of snake demons in the, in Sunnydale. And I understand California Maybe doesn't Joss, really have a lot of snakes. Right. So. Maybe Joss is just deathly afraid of reptiles. I mean, 
Uh, he, Marty, somebody yeah. is. That's that's for sure. Or maybe David Fury is. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but th- that's a side point. You you really hit on a lot of it there. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in this one. And we talked about it last time. The basically the the devolving of the Riley. Um, Buffy relationship and you called it out last time that you know he he doesn't even find out about Joyce going to the hospital from Buffy he finds it out from Spike Mm -hmm. and that's incensing and then you know he tries to be there for her and she just won't let him so what does he do he goes and basically whores himself out to Sandy the vampire that evil Willow turned into a vampire you know the one that's been hitting on him at the bar for so many times right I mean what a excellent excellent flashback there (laughs) Yes, there you go. I mean, what a dark, what a dark turn, right? I mean, this this episode, it's called Shadow, and I'm like, that's aptly named because this is one dark cloud hanging over everybody, and it's not just the good guys here either. Glory reveals something here that she's got to find this key because she's on a timetable. Now she doesn't really give any detail as to what that is, but you realize she's got a ticking clock. There's only so long she can have this body, you know, kind of the Chucky problem. Or, you know, there's something going on. And I like that, that everybody's got a shadow hanging over them here. It's, right. it's really cool. Tick-tock, drag. Tick-tock. <laughs> so <I know laughs> yeah, uh, Claire, Claire Kramer, by the way, I just... What a, what a great performance. Mm-hmm. I, and I know we, we effusively praised her and, and bring it on and the cheesy film that that is. But, you know, she's perfect in this to play like the valley girl demon, essentially. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing. Even though she's way more than that. So. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of good good emotions in this in this episode. We got a lot of, of interesting stories going on, and you know, a lot of it revolves around you know Buffy dealing with Joyce. What should she tell Don? How to handle it? She rele- like you said, relegates Buffy or let me see, relegates Riley to looking after Don while she handles everything else as far as Mom is concerned. Um, you know, a lot of bad news coming in here you know you see a lot of things coming to a head coming on here it's really an emotional ride of the, uh, uh, as far as episodes go and really gets you thinking you know you, you, if you've ever been in a situation where something like this is going on and I know a lot of people have dealt with family members or friends who've had something like a cancer or a health scare or an accident where they may die. I mean, this is really brings those emotions to the front if you've ever been through that. And that's a, that's a powerful thing to do through a TV episode. Brian, I think you're right. And they do it in a single episode here. That's the, the strength of the writing of this show always shows in these kind of episodes. It's not in the, the big mystical whiz-bang fight and all that at the end, usually. It's always in these character moments. I mean, we've talked about it, what, for you know, almost five seasons now of reviewing this thing. While we're into this is because of these characters. We get involved in these people's lives. And that's the mark of a good television show. And like any good television show, they know how to screw with the audience and how to pull on the the emotions of characters. Yeah. And what's one of your fears when you're in your early 20s, late teens, as you start to venture into adulthood, is that you're not really ready for it. So you start to just sort of freak out and okay what am i ready for am i ready for this and then all of a sudden you get thrust into situations where you have to be the adults you have to be the parent you know buffy essentially has to be dawn's mother you know for a little bit here while joyce is out of the picture and uh, there's a lot going on and inside of that her friends who know her well and have been through you know thick and thin five times with her at this point 
have to tell her, and it's the newest one that has to tell her, Buffy, there's there's no magical cure for when somebody's sick. That that doesn't work mm-hmm. well. And I've, I always have credited this show for it didn't take the Samantha Bewitched route, where it's like, and there goes the flu. Right. It, it didn't. You know, no, that, that can't work. When you mix those things together, the bad stuff happens. And I like that. I, I like that there's, again, there's always a consequence and a cost for mixing magic with the real world. Right. And I like that the fact that the, the Giles and Ta- Tara and Willow all basically say, we, you know, we don't want anything to do with that. This is your mom we're talking about. You could cause some serious damage if you were to go through with that. And they really talk her out of it. And I think that's a, a good thing. And it, it comes more into play later on as we go through season six, too. Um, that whole conundrum. It's going to come back again with a different character. So I, I like that they started on here because, you know, they've always had a magical... Um, option for all sorts of different things but when it comes to human health and 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 issues like that they all say no leave that to the doctors the people who know it we're just well magical realm here we don't know how to handle that type of thing well magic deals with magic problems but humans deal with human problems and these things don't need to cross and when they do we can intervene but there's again there's no cure if if there was a cure if magic could cure disease then why would disease exist exactly right mm-hmm. but what buffy is doing is what and like you mentioned there the things that you do when you're in the denial mm-hmm. stage of dealing with grief is that I, I've you come up with this irrational answer for things, and you you know you'll read about stuff, and you'll research, and you'll you get all into something that really is is doing nothing but just giving your mind a release, yeah. you know. But that's what Buffy has to go through right now. She's in that spot, and as a side effect of that, and and really I would say a casualty and consequence of it is Riley has this intense desire to be such a part of her life, but she can't be there. She can't do that with him right now because she has to shoulder so much responsibility elsewhere. She feels like she can't allow herself to fall apart into her arm, yeah. into his arms and stuff. And I love it. You know what Dawn reveals to him, and it's you know they tie in again that Dawn's you know had all these memories replaced or whatever. She said, "Oh, it's so much different. It's so much better than with Angel. With him, it was always life or death. With you, it's never that big of a deal." Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. But you see the look on Riley's face, like. He wants it to be that yeah. other way around. Right? Yeah, it's like that that kind of hurts though too, right? It's like I want to be that big of a deal, but the sun doesn't rise and set with me for her. Mm-hmm. And it's just confirming what like we've said before, he's already said. And that's the hardest thing to ever swallow, right? When you have this sort of fear about I don't really know if this person's really into me and then it gets confirmed. Right. And it's like Gosh, that really kind of stings. And and we saw the sting. You know, he went back to Willie's place. He sat down at a bar. He got picked up by uh, the vampire and went back with her. And now we mentioned in the uh, <clears throat> in in this plot summary that he stakes her before she can finish draining her. I don't think that's really what happened. I think okay. I think that he willingly went there to let her bite him and drink some of his blood. She was never going to intend to kill or turn him. She was just using him for a blood fix, right? And it was a mutual agreement between the two, and then he just staked her. Huh, I've never thought of it like that. Where did you that, get that's that just from? How, that's an interesting That's reading. just how I, I've always taken it. And I, I think because of what happens in the next episode, that's why I took it that way. 
Um, and we'll get to that then. But, um, yeah, I just always looked at it as like they have a mutual agreement that he's going to, you know, let her taste of him just enough to satisfy her. I guess it's like a drug type thing, right? Uh, just enough to get her fix. And then they would both go their separate ways and maybe meet up again another time to do it again. Right. It was just kind of like that type of, that's how I took the whole thing. I don't, she didn't attack him. She didn't, uh, you know, go ballistic with him. She just kind of softly went in and started drinking and then he staked her. So I don't think her intent was ever to kill him or turn him into a vampire. Well, I think the staking was the big surprise because she, the look on her face is like, wait a minute, that, that, I didn't expect exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, another you know. reason why I think that it was a mutual agreement that she would just get a fix and then be done. Interesting to read it that way. We'll to continue that discussion because I, I mean, you, I think it's open to that interpretation, sure. That's a different way of looking at it because I, I, I'm looking at this just the way I've always read this is it's, um, the boyfriend who is not satisfied right now with his relationship, and this is his cheap sex on the side. And yeah, but it's if dangerous. He, if he was, well, it's dangerous for sure, but if he was going with that angle, I, I just don't think that, I, I just don't see that as being the way. I mean, that could be a, 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 a his, this is his cheating, right? But again, I mm-hmm. think that he went in with her going in knowing that they were both coming out alive <laughs> or you know, right. that, that it was just sex or in this case, it was just a little feeding, right? That That's how mm-hmm. I take that whole thing. So, well, like I say, and and I what, think it's open to that. That's a, that's an interesting, and what's media, more, so. what's more hurtful to Buffy than to have him allow a vampire to feed off of him. I mean, I think that's more hurtful to her than it would have been if he would have had sex with another woman. Well, I, that's an interesting point. It, it would how would that get to her that she that he would allow himself to walk that dark line? That okay, if you want a vampire, what if I just become one for you? That that bit that you will you need a bad boy. Okay, I'll go be a bad boy. I'll get a tattoo and go get raging drunk yeah, and call you yeah. in the middle of the night. Right, right. right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly what's happening. Is this is Riley exploring his own darkness, and I, I'm not convinced that somewhere deep inside of Soldier Boy from Iowa there is not this morbid fascination with what is the appeal, mm-hmm. you know, to just want to know sure. what's it really like. Just want a taste of it, right? And so he goes and gets a little taste of it. Could be. Could be. But I think it's an interesting discussion, and I'd like to hear yeah. that, uh, the audience's reaction to that. Yeah. What do you think? Did, did you, How did you read it? Did you read it as he was going to basically go in there and get turned or or – like I did, and it was just a, a quick fix for her, and, and he was out. That's how I felt it was. It was just... Let, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, folks, because, again, that's a good that's a good discussion. That's a good point. So, and uh, it's always good to, to throw that open. And I think you're right. Again, the thing that makes this show infinitely watchable is the fact that we can discuss this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And you can have different readings, and I think it works either way. I don't think one is better than the other or reveals more than the other. Because the point is, Riley's walking on the wild side because he feels neglected by mm-hmm. Buffy. And for a good reason. He's neglected by Buffy. Right. He pretty much becomes Dawn's babysitter, which he... He takes on and does, and you can tell he really cares for her. Mm-hmm. You know that he doesn't dislike Dawn. You know that they get along great, but he 
he's doing that because he's in love with Buffy. You know, it's the thing you do. You you mess with your or you you bother to get to know and spend time with, particularly if your you know spouse or your your uh, person you're dating or involved with has younger siblings. You get to know them because that's part of it, yeah. right? And Riley, being the big boy scout that he is, sure, you know. But yeah, I, you just keep waiting for him to explode and go, Buffy, I'm tired of being your safety net. Yeah, and, I, and I'm actually surprised he hasn't really cut. Well, I guess I'm not. I mean, you think back to situations when you were, have ever been in a situation like this, too. You don't exactly confront right away. I mean, most people don't. Some people may. But most people are going to come out and say, hey, you know, what, what's going on? Why are, you, why are you pushing me away? You know, they just keep trying and keep yeah. trying until they reach a breaking point. And I think that he's starting to reach that breaking point, but hasn't quite gotten there yet. I think when you're allowing yourself to make out with vampires, yes, you have reached a breaking well, point. Well, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. I think you, I, I think that until he actually comes out and says, you know, what's going on here? Why do you keep pushing me away to Buffy? He hasn't reached the breaking point yet. He's just, uh, has his finger on the button and he keeps, holding himself back from pushing it. And now he's got it slightly pushed, well, ready to go all the way. Well, and I think, I think that's the thing is that Riley is getting to the point where something's got to change. Something's got to give, you know, they can't keep this facade up much longer because this just isn't going to work. This is not healthy for anybody. Yeah. And uh, particularly for him. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, glory and, and her quest to find oh, the key and this, snake demon that she basically creates from a a cobra that she's taken from the zoo what? and that no one is at the zoo nor well, notices that she the breaks the, the cobra the night, out so you don't have many people going there in the middle of the night <laughs> well but even i thought it was like early it was during the day and just nobody was in the snake exhibit uh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. i don't know so it's well lit for to, middle I'd of the night go back and look and see where 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 we were with buffy <laughs> when this all went down <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember. I, I, it was, I, I was well, okay. Think okay. about this. It, she goes after. No, wait a minute. Wait it minute, was wait daytime she, when she came into the to the magic yeah. shop. So you could be right. Yeah. So the the point is is that once again it must be a snake. But I like the fact that Glory, even though she is this all powerful goddess, you know, waiting to be reborn, whatever. And and Tara's the one that kind of starts figuring this out. Is that because yeah, the, the whole bit is that they don't know who she is or where she is, mm-hmm. and they're trying to find this beautiful woman, and they they that's so hard to narrow down in Sunnydale, and they're kicking it around, and they're like, well, maybe there's a reason we're not finding anything in the books. And Tara's like, maybe she's like one of the old ones, yeah. you know. Like from before there were books. And I was like, now that is pretty cool and deep. But even though she has that, she's still not able to do it all on her own. She's got to have minions and she's got to have answers. Well, she's yeah, not omnipotent, that, which I do dig. Right. I think that she's uh, weakened here in this realm. And I, I think that's why she needs that. And you can see it when she's run out of, uh, I guess, energy or life force and she has to dig deep. Uh, uh, delve, delve into a human to get that life force back. So I think that she's in a, a weakened state from her godness because let's face it, if she was a god, you'd think she'd be all powerful and all knowing, right? So um, I think that being in this right. realm and, and in that body, she's in a weakened state. And so she does have to count on other beings to help her. Well, and the other thing we don't know is what does she want with the key? She's never come out and said mm-hmm. it yet. Nope, not yet. You know, we still don't know what her bag is. Like we, you know, we don't know. She's not trying to find ascension like the mayor. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not into 
global domination like the initiative and she's not into just burn the world down because I, you know, just can. So what is her, you know, we don't know what her game is yet. Right. And that's the intriguing part is that it's just, well, why do you want it? Why do you have to have it so bad? What, why are you going through all these links to get it when we don't even know what you're going to do with it? You know, it's, I don't know. I find that fascinating. It makes her, it cements her role as the big bad of the season, but it also gives me reason to follow her arc and pay attention to her. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. So, I mean, it'll be fascinating when it finally comes out to find out what she is doing there. And what, what, what's the key really do? Have we even de- uh, determined what the key does? Is it, no, I mean, all yeah. we know is that so, it was energy that was put into form by those monks so the beast wouldn't get right. it. And apparently the beast getting it is bad. You know, so that that's all we, we know. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know, it's like crossing the streams. Well, why? You know, I guess it'll to be determined. And we're, but we are only, I'll, you know, eight yeah. episodes into the season here. We're not at This the is true. Point, and that's, so. you know, let's, let's talk and think about that for a second. We're eight episodes into this season. And I, I know I say this often, and I guess I should just stop harping on it, but the, we're eight episodes in, and there's more has gone on in these eight <laughs> episodes than the previous 22. All right. Do you agree with me on oh, that? Absolutely. It's not even close anymore, is it? Absolutely. This was, this was a, a huge upgrade from what we got in season four. You know, Season four, on its own, is okay. But when you put it into the, what we got in seasons one, two, and three, it's like a major letdown. And then you come to season five and you're just like, oh, this is great. So maybe, you know, we're looking at this and, you know, we've been giving a lot of four dustings. Maybe our utopia for being out of season four is causing us to rate these higher. I don't <laughs> I'm, think I'm wondering so. if we're not having the revenge of the Sith <laughs> yeah. effect here. I'm, is that it's so much oh. better than what we had before that it must be infinitely better than maybe it really is by its yeah. own. But either way, hey, those, those dustings ratings don't change, folks. They are locked in. Once they are <laughs> said and released, they are yours to debate. So. <laughs> I will stand by all of my effusive praise for this season and, and continue to heap it upon it because, again, this is an intriguing bad. And I love the fact that she essentially walks in the magic shop, buys the stuff, Giles pays no attention to it, and it's good old Anya who goes, you never sell the with the block. That's a bad thing. Right. And he goes, and how am I supposed to know that? <laughs> you know, and it's, it, I love that that it's her who reveals it. I do too. I like that too because it, it just gives her more relevance to being there still, right? I mean, she's an ex-demon. Right. She brings something to the table and they don't necessarily put that out there all the time, but when they do, it's a very important piece. And I like that about Anya's character because we don't have to see her a ton, but when we do get her in there, it's a very important piece of information that we should probably pay attention to. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's like Tara in this episode. She's just sprinkled in, but what she delivers is very important. So, and I, I I do dig that. So we do reveal in this though that Joyce has a shadow, which they're trying to determine whether or not it's a tumor or not, basically, and that she's going in for immediate biopsy. And of course, I mean Buffy was already distraught at the end of last episode, right? Because I mean, why wouldn't you be? This is your mom, and you know this is going down, and now. This has been laid on her as well. And what did you make of the fact that it's, you know, at no time are we given any evidence that this is something mystical that's attacking Joyce or any of that stuff. This is just happening to her. Right, right. I I like that. You know, I like that we're just dealing with a normal human reaction. Now, whether it's brought on by a mystical reasons, because I have a lot of of, uh, thoughts that, that 
because of the memory delve that they did with the whole Don thing, that that's what caused this. Um, but I don't think they've ever come out and said it. So, you know, that's just my personal thought. But what I took out of this whole thing was, you know, they, I thought they did a good job when the doctor came out to try and explain what was going on with Joyce and her condition. And he kept going in between layman's terms and doctor terms and just didn't seem like very caring towards Buffy. And then he sits down and asks all these questions and it just shows you know when when there are there are you know doctors can sometimes not relate the emotional side of things to people as well because they see this all the time and it's their job and i loved when when ben uh came in and kind of shoot him away and said you know hey that's a little harsh you know and he understood and kind of tried to help ease her mind a little bit I like that whole side of things because there are a lot of times when you deal with these doctors who are so specialized that they, they're numb to the emotions that people may go through because they have to deal with it so often. Right. And well, it's any expert in a field sometimes becomes the expert in the thing and they forget the people. Right. right. And that's no slight to them. No, that's no, just some, how some people are wired. Right. And Ben, and this, this is another thing though. It gives us something to layer in with this Ben guy. You know, we've met him once before. We don't know a ton about him. We know he's an intern guy and he, he seems to be a good guy and I'm starting to look at him here. And I mean, of course I know what he is, but the, I'm remembering back when I first saw the show and I'm going, is this guy like going to be the replacement? Riley, yeah, you no, know, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of what that, I thought. I was like, okay, yeah, this, this I could see this, yeah. and and I was going with that because I, he's I more of the good, side of the doctor that that has the bedside. Yeah, I head. think that's a good read too because that's what that the, the way he keeps coming in and out and always is there for Buffy in her times of need, which is a lot in this season. It, it makes you feel like uh, they're setting up a relationship between those two, and so yeah, I, I think the same thing when I when I first saw this season. That's immediately what I was thinking. You know, Riley's on his way out. Is this the one who's going to be taking the place of Riley in the future? And how does that play out? And so you keep watching to get that. Now, I think the Ben character is fascinating. I think this is the third time in the season that he's shown up in some way or another. And so it's just really an interesting piece. He's he's fascinating to me. I mean, he really is, and because we just don't know enough about him, I think that's the thing. Is he's the unknown of the the season, and it it. You though, but they keep shoving him on screen, so you know he's got to be something, right? You just don't know what exactly yet, and that's the uh, that's the fun part of it is sort of figuring that that out as we as we go forward here. But I I like though, and I think you hit on it there, and and this is a good discussion, and it'll be one that we can have later about is Joyce's sickness partially to blame on the mystical stuff going on in her life or not? And I I think either way you read it at this point, the only way I can look at this is that. It, you know, it's not necessarily, it's just, this is what happens to people in life and Buffy has to deal with it. But I think you certainly could make an argument for that. And I'm not totally disagreeing with what you're saying there, but I think it's neat to see it this way as in this episode, it's just, um, Buffy's having to deal with, you know, real people problems yeah. for yeah. once. And that's a hard thing. Cause she's hasn't had to do that, man. Let's just be honest. Buffy hasn't had to deal with that, you know, much. And because she is, we keep forgetting she is a kid, Yep. You know, in a lot of ways, and she she may be the slayer, but she doesn't have to be you know all misresponsibility stuff all the time, except now that she does, and that's yeah. it's neat to watch her step up and do it though, because she's actually handling it okay. But 
inside, she's a mess, right? She's handling it okay, kind of. I mean, she's putting on a facade that she's handling it okay. She's hiding her emotions, and that's what a lot of a lot of things happen. When when I lost my brother, when we had the uh, the wake, you know, I, I was all smiles and happy. I was putting on a facade for people because I didn't want them to feel the need to try and comfort me or sympathize for me or any of that stuff. It's, it's what we do as human beings, I think, in a, in a difficult time like this. She's doing that, but inside she's just crumbling. I mean, she's she's looking at a, her mom is really sick. Uh, she's got to protect Don and can't tell her why. I mean, and, and her and Riley are going down the crapper. I mean, all these things are coming at one time. It's, 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 and Spike's trying to hit on her. <laughs> you know, so yeah, exactly. Like that's not not enough of a problem. You you hit on something there, Brian and Nick and I talked about this recently over on Filmstrip in the Stephen King reviews. We reviewed Stand by Me, and there's a character in that whose older brother had died, and through the course of the movie, you learn that he is really hasn't dealt with that loss yet. And he says to his best friend in that, I didn't even cry at Danny's funeral. And it's not until the end when they discover the body and all that stuff that he just totally breaks down because it's the first time he's sitting and dealing with that issue, you know, and you get, and it's the same thing for Buffy here. It's like, she needs to deal with this, but she's not going to right right now. You know, she's got to put on this facade for everybody else because Buffy is, strong mature and she's the slayer she th- and i mean that's her answer right when everything goes bad it's like find me a spell fix it you know and that's not always gonna work but that's what buffy's doing right now and we talked about riley going off the end I, the end of this is the, the end of this episode is gut-wrenching to me is he comes in there and one he's wearing the turtleneck to hide the bite marks mm-hmm. right which is that's one level of just you know, ugh. and then the other side is that he's like, just let it go, let it go. And she's like, nope, not right now. They need me. And then Joyce calls her back in there after she, you know, presumably has told Dawn, you know, what's wrong. She goes in there and she shuts the door, and Riley's just left standing in the hall, holding yep. the bag. And the look on his face is that look of just complete hurt and disgust. And it's it leaves this in such a dark shadow, if you will, and a, uh, such a such a wrenching way to end the episode. It is, and, 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 but it's uh, um, it's interesting to see how this is all played out, and and it just goes to show you why Riley is starting to pull away now is is because he just he can't he can't get through to Buffy, and she's not letting him through, and she's not letting him be involved, and that's not what a boyfriend is there for, you know. A boyfriend is there to help and be there and comfort and she's not letting him do any of that and so he's realizing this and and i think it's a powerful way to end the episode and leads very well into our next episode coming up and into what happens there and, and why all right so anyway jay we're we're now at the point here in the podcast where we give our dustings rating so what is your dustings rating for episode eight shadow you know, I, at the fear of overpraising things, I think we talked about maybe this is because it's just so much better than what was before. But I really think, honestly, Brian, these are just good episodes. And this is just a, a show that's really hit, hitting its stride again. They've got a good storyline going through, and they're dealing with so many cool things, and the characterizations are so well played. And we haven't said it enough this season. The acting here is superb. Everybody is really doing a good job in their character. And they feel obviously comfortable, but they're being pushed to do new things, too. And, and the new element of Dawn has certainly put everybody in a different place. I got to give it another four dustings, man. I mean, it's, it's a gut-wrencher of an episode, but uh, just nothing I didn't like in it. I, I can't find anything to not like about it. I liked the whole thing. So four dustings for me. 
Well, I'll tell you what I didn't like, and that was the stupidity of the snake. Um, I thought the <laughs> concept of the snake was well. The CGI of the snake was terrible. And the whole Buffy going Jabba the Hutt, Princess Leia on Jabba the Hutt there at the end to kill him was a little bit much too. But other than that, I agree with you. This episode is full of good stuff and emotional stuff. Just a phenomenal episode. And I agree, Jay, this is a lot of good writing here. And uh, where they missed a lot in season four, they've made up for a lot so far in season five. So I'm with you. I'm giving this another four dustings. It's just a fantastic episode. And it just keeps building on the 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 all the storylines we're dealing with and that's what is the best part about this is that every piece that's happened in this season builds on the stories that we've started and there's no tailing off yet i mean they haven't gone to bizarro land uh that they've kept it continuing with the story and I, i think that's why this season has been so effective so far so four dustings as well Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of The Art of Slaying, our Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. You can also find links to our social media pages. You can find links to our film podcast, Filmstrip, where you can peruse through the archives of some of the movies we reviewed. Tons of content for you. You can find us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We really appreciate that. And most of all, we appreciate your listenership and support. So until next time, for Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Slaying. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only. 